Sweet. So, Paul, welcome. Hello. Welcome to the very first episode of uh, our brand new podcast. And if you are uninformed as to what this podcast is about, uh, I'm sure that the people listening probably won't have a clue either. (laughs) Um, Basically, this podcast is all about our uninformed and uh, uneducated opinions about shit going on in the world. Um, you know, shit going on in, in your city, shit going on politically, shit going on, you know, the, the the world around us from the perspective of people who have done very little work to check and, and read up on what's going on. So I appreciate you calling in. I am so qualified for this. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we've been doing like the Nerd Words podcast for a couple of months now, and there's only so many nerdy topics you can discuss and, sure. you know, and, and do it twice a week. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate you calling in. So we're in Chicago and you are where? I'm in northern Michigan in literally the smallest town in Michigan. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I think the first thing that I want to discuss is probably the most blatantly obvious thing um, that the whole Donald Trump basically wanting to keep uh, Muslims out of the country and all that shit. Do we, we're not picking, we're just shooting from the hip, right? Shoot from the hip, man. Like, I gotta say, off the cuff, knee-jerk reaction, I was like, what a shithead. Just what a shithead, really. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. And then something dangerous happened. I really thought about it. All right? Now, this doesn't get dangerous. You know, I'm not saying I'm a cart-carrying member of this theory, of his theory, but I kind of empathize with the guy. He's coming from where I'm certain millions of Americans are coming from, and there's a level of ignorant fear, a knee-jerk response to something, right? Right. He's going off of, of a couple who had affiliation or claimed affiliation or empathized with ISIS right. that went and shot up a school. And and that's what caused him to make this. That, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I, I kind of see him as that grandfather who said, mm-hmm. okay, that's it. No more your fucking friends can come over. No more horsing around. Sorry for the swear if that's bad, but no, you know, it's not bad at all. <laughs> that's you know that's what I see him doing. But as as from a Republican Party stance, you know, well, I find it the most amusing that even the Republicans, like even the staunchest you know conservative Republicans, are now completely separating themselves. It's like there is a line that even they know they can't cross and still garner votes, and I find that well, to yeah. be the most amusing. You know, he's still going up in the polls. The uh, I don't remember. It just I think it was just a Facebook post, but uh, it said that the people who support him are supporting him even more strongly now than they did like two weeks ago. Yeah, that's coming from a Wall Street Journal posted an actual article yeah, yeah, yeah. where they were talking about it. First, it was you know much like anyone would say, "You freak, can't believe you uttered that." And now they're the Republican Party is showing a split, a fifty-fifty split regarding his stance on it. Well, look at it this way. This is the this is the perspective that uh, I've kind of uh, I've seen it as. 
um, from my uneducated white perspective. No, you're you're good. You're good. It, I'm just trying to get all the levels, you know, right. totally correct here. Um, but I feel like in the like traditional Anglo-Saxon white American perspective that in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s, there was so much shit you could get away with. It basically, if you were a white male, even a white female to some degree, you could pretty much get away with saying whatever shit you wanted to say. And no one questioned you because that's just, that was what was accepted. And obviously our country and our culture has gotten a lot more, um, you know, liberal. If you want to take a political perspective, you know, people are more accepting. People are more accepting of others based on their differences and less accepting of people saying things that are kind of inherently ignorant. And I feel like that, there's a class of people that feel they've been marginalized. Now, believe that or not, you know, that's I don't feel that they have been marginalized because ignorance, I don't think, is ever really acceptable. But I feel like they're hearing what he's saying and as crazy and as fucking stupid as it is, that that's what they're all all these supporters. That's what they've been thinking the whole time. But yeah, they can't get away with saying, ah, oh, well, I got you. I don't like Muslims because that's, you know, it's marginalizing. So it's, what you're saying, they had to shut their mouth because they couldn't be seen as extremists, but the moment there was reason right. or someone strong enough to hide behind. Right. The moment that there was someone on television who would openly, who without regard for what the ramifications could be, will just say whatever just base shit is on his mind. <laughs> the moment that that happened... Of course, people are like, well, he's just been saying what I've been thinking all along. It's he's making that sort of ignorant, borderline racist or maybe even overtly racist at times thought process acceptable for them. I I just I honestly think part of me and uh, stop me, Paul, whenever you can. You kind of just got to get in here. Um, I feel that Trump is utterly using a political tactic of using fear against the dumb. Yeah. He's getting... that's, that's absolutely what he's doing. I read uh, a little excerpt from. Uh, I actually watched an excerpt of uh, an interview he did with somebody back in like the '80s, and he said, "If I ever run for president, I'm going to run under the Republican Party because you can say shit uh, as a Republican, and people will just eat it up." I I listen to this podcast called Left, Right, and Center. It's a KCRW thing, and uh, a lot of those people who are on there, they're political journalists, and they most of them have met Donald Trump one on one, and they all said. In person, he's a very like nice and respectful and respectable person. So I really feel like that he's putting on this orangutan mask to go out and try and get elected president. It's like I mean, it's it, like populist propaganda, basically. No, he's making a deal. He's right. a businessman first and foremost, and you're making a yeah. deal. It's whatever the people who would buy from you need to hear from you to seal the deal. Right. Yeah, that was something that, that one of the guys said, Rich Lowry, uh, who's a very uh, popular conservative uh, journalist. He said, Donald Trump always made it all about me, whatever I needed. He would get me whatever I wanted and whatever I needed to feel like I came away from the interaction like I'd gained something. And that's exactly what he's doing with these uh, bombastic Republicans, these uh, uh, the r- people who are somehow to the right of Mitch McConnell. <laughs> And for those unfamiliar, uh, you know, that are listening, who is Mitch McConnell? Uh, Mitch McConnell is the Senate Majority Leader. He is the top Republican in the Senate. 
And he is also a uh, human turtle. <laughs> turtle, turtle. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have yet to meet a living, breathing human being uh, that that has been like, oh yeah, Donald Trump. I totally, you know, can't wait for him to be president. Um, but I have overheard, and and this kind of this will go into uh, another, I guess, a snippet of that mentality. Um, not too long ago. We know there was, and you had already mentioned it, there was a shooting um, by two supposedly um, radicalized Muslim people in California where they went into, I guess they went into um, like a building that, that it was like a school for um, the mentally handicapped. Right, like handicapped people and they shot it up. Now, I don't know if you've experienced this, but within a day. Uh, I was hearing people talk about, oh, you know, it's it's like a government conspiracy and and <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's a uh, like a false flag operation. Yeah, yeah. And hearing that shit like. I, I, how do you think like that mentality grows into people? It's that, that mentality. I thought about that because you and I talked off off the mic here about this before. And I sincerely feel that it's we're in an era where media is everywhere, mm-hmm. and anyone feels that a topic that comes up, if they can sound important, they're gonna. Right. And that is a sensational thing to state because I'm gonna watch whoever states that defend it with me in the room. Right. That's what I want more than anything. Because what in the blue hell would the United States government get from taking out a mentally handicapped school? Well, I guess I guess the argument or the 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 perspective. I guess the claim is that it's another way for the government to try to take guns away from the, you know, the American armed population. There's enough mass shootings that are happening by citizens randomly with no ISIS affiliation. Right. I would be more, I would be less perplexed if they said that the ISIS part of this couple shooting was the government's attempt Mm -hmm. to take off the pressure. Of, of mass shootings randomly being done by citizens. Right. That, and that, that's an interesting perspective on that, that, that I've not heard, that obviously no one that I know of has, <laughs> has stated. But, um, you know, it, the concept of, and this is my opinion, I, I want to hear different perspectives, but the concept of the government coming in and taking away our guns seems a little ridiculous to me because even with your guns, like, what are you going to do against a well-armed and modernized military? Fuck all. That, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's my opinion. Well, uh, before we move off the topic of the, the conspiracy theory thing, there's something I wanted to say. Uh, as a species, we're sort of conditioned to think in terms of uh, stories and narratives. Um, so uh, people always want, like, a bad guy to blame. I don't know. Uh, when I am... For example, like driving in the winter and I uh, almost slide off the road, I actively get angry at the planet because you want to have something to direct that anger at. You want to have like an other, uh, somewhere to put that. And and I think uh, the people who came up with the conspiracy theory that that you mentioned and people who, you know, say things like false flag and... Jet fuel can't melt steel beam shit like that. They're just looking for <laughs> somewhere to aim their concern and anger because the idea of a thousand different factors all jumbling together to cause the deaths of 3,000 people is something that we as a species, maybe not as a species, but as a culture, 
aren't equipped to handle. I mean, right. uh, it, we always want to look for the bad guy and the, the two opposing sides that are fighting against one another. The, the other shoe to this is the fact that ISIS's terrorist propaganda is actually working. They're winning. Believe it or not, they're winning. And they're doing what Al-Qaeda never could do. They're spreading fear and causing us to pop off on our own, on our own soil, claiming everything that happens is actually them. And that's, you know, it's, it's because once the mass populace gets a hold of something, it's possible anywhere. And I think terrorists win. It was a long time ago, it was Bush Jr. who, when, you know, declared war, did all that. He said terrorists win when we're afraid to do the normal things we do in our own U.S. And I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. But that's generally what yeah. he meant. And now you have it to where if, okay, so if two teachers can plan and they affiliate with ISIS. And there was an article where someone had said that they, uh, and one of the investigators let out that this was a year in the planning. They planned one year ago uh -huh. to actually do this. And so it screams of ISIS that apparently they've, they've taken credit for their, the affiliation of it. And I said to myself, I was like going, wow, you know, ISIS didn't have to lift a finger. All it could be was that they identified with the beliefs of ISIS and said, you know what? We're going to do it. Right. And they were touched. And now, and now they're dead. We will never know. And they take full credit for it. And that fear gets to spread because what's the next school? Right. Well, and you know, and the the simple fact of the matter is that any nutter, anybody disenfranchised, any. th th a year of planning for this seems almost a little excessive to me, because anybody that's that's a little bit crazy, and doesn't have any kind of support group maybe watching out for them, or you know, I I feel like with all the shootings that we've seen, and the fact that we've had one. One shooting, one one shooting spree event that can be directly linked to, you know, uh, Arabic or Muslim terrorism. It does not. It is not an indicator to me that well. Now we should ban all Muslim people from coming into the country. What does what does you the Muslim I mean? religion have to do with a terrorist attack? Uh, nothing. No more than Christianity has to do with what happened in Oklahoma City. Right. And right. and and well, go ahead, Paul. That. That all goes to the uh, the thing I was talking about before. They want someone to blame. Yeah, and, right. Uh, and the person they seize upon is Muslims, Arabs, people from you know the uh, the Middle East. Uh, I had a long conversation with my uncle, a guy who I used to have this profound respect for. He used to be somebody I would like go to with problems. I had a long talk with him about the Syrian refugees about a month ago. And it, the ridiculous level of racism and fear that he was spouting about letting women and children in uh, to America just totally changed my perspective about him. Now, uh, to be sure, I've grown up a lot since I first developed these feelings for him, and he's changed, <laughs> and so it's natural that our relationship would change. But um, still... It, let me ask you I a question. Let me, let me yeah. ask you a question because you're talking about your uncle. And um, when I say I haven't met a person alive who would support Trump, that's actually a bit of a misnomer. Um, because apparently at some point, my parents became super conservative. And <laughs> I, this, this kind of just, I don't know, like I didn't notice the change until it was there. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I yeah. remember distinctly um, about 10 years ago, that my parents were the most anti-George W. Bush Jr. as you could be. You know, they, they, were, they were calling him a war criminal, and they were like, we got to get this guy out of the office, and da 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 and going on and on about how he's fucked up the country, and, you know, believe what you want or think what you want politically, it doesn't really matter to me. 
but clearly not a very conservative mindset. You know, they anything this guy did, they were against. And I would say probably within two years into Obama's presidency, that whole mentality shifted. Like someone discovered Fox News and took it as, <laughs> as law, as, took it as the law of the land. Right. And I, do you think that there's like a correlation between people getting old and becoming more conservative or is it just a sign of the times? Like there are people that just whoever's in charge, fuck them. Uh, I, I think as you get older, something happens. It's called you mature. I think people, a lot of times when they hit, when you hit about 18 or whatever, the immortal years as we'll call it, mm-hmm. it takes <laughs> life events to get you to cool your heels. Right. Like you got to hit some real, real serious trouble where you couldn't rely on anyone but yourself to calm down, you know, situations out of your control that you're forced to just deal with. And then you start cooling your heels right? and you start realizing I don't have to, you know, kind of <laughs> act out every time something happens and kind of stick to your own sort of mentality and you start getting more analytical and i think as you get analytical they go for what's easy and what's simple and they don't want to have to think about complex ideals right so the easier something gets the less energy something takes that's the side they're going to go for because they could still talk about it engage you in a conversation and have a quote-unquote stance and opinion right whereas if you bring up to them hey you remember years ago when you said i was a kid then Right. I didn't know what I was saying. And you're like, yeah, you're not really thinking this through, but what do you say? Right. And, and you know, I, like one thing that I've noticed is that the more uh, accepting that our culture has become of other people, of immigrants, of, uh, you know, homosexuality and stuff like that, the more it, those people become scapegoats for things that are are fucked up in their lives. You know, like... Mexicans taking your job and you know <laughs> yeah. the 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 all the manufacturing is in China and so fuck the Chinese and I'm mad at Muslims for one thing like, I don't particularly care for them right now at the moment and it's hurt feelings it's not that I hate the religion <laughs> it's hurt feelings I once owned a dirty magic lamp and I rubbed the shit out of that <laughs> son of a bitch and I made wishes upon wishes upon wishes and I found out that it was a bronze lamp not gold and I grew up you know, and that's sort of where, where actually that is true. I did own one and have it and I did buy it on, on a whim, just like, you know, joking around. I think I was like 14. That, that's what I mean. It's ridiculous statements like that. Right. You know, just it's humor. Like, I don't I don't care if you're Muslim anymore. I care if you're Jewish anymore. Than I care if you're Christian. It's you're you. So um, go ahead, Paul. Uh, you know, the trouble you have there, Bob, is that the story of the lamp was Persian. That would that's pre-Muslim. Son of a bitch. <laughs> You're directing your anger in the, at the wrong people. Well, then why want to close all borders to all Persians until they come forth with a magic lamp Bob can use? Well, I'm sure if you send a sternly worded email to the Shah, they'll get right on that shit. Sweet, sweet. <laughs> well, um, so what? What do we think? What, what are the What are the chances that Trump ends up getting elected? Unfortunately, good. Uh, They're healthy. Can I, I say that? They're healthy. Yeah. For sure. Um, it's close enough to actual like presidential campaign time. If you'd asked me that question six months ago and Trump was where he was in the polls, I'd have said no. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Iowa caucuses are like in three months. Yeah. I mean, the, <clears throat> the first actual event of the presidential election uh, is happening really soon. And he has it. And no matter how many times he shits in his own mouth, he just does not <laughs> drop in the poll. Did you did you hear this? I mean, did you hear this thing about um, about uh, I guess the British people? Um, 
Oh yeah, put, yeah. They're they're petitioning not yeah. to ever let him in. So so they're they're petitioning to to ban Donald Trump from England or, That's or awesome. something like that, right? And apparently the the petition has like two hundred over two hundred thousand signatures. Um, and apparently any petition that's brought before the parliament that has over a hundred thousand signatures has to be debated. So that's that. I think we lost Paul. Did you Paul you there? Call dropped. Let's call him back. All right. Hang on. It's a good break. I got to piss. Okay. Like still do it. I just got to pee. I don't know what happened there. Call dropped. It's probably my phone. I live in the boonies. Oh, <laughs> you're on your phone. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I live so far from civilization, I can't have internet. That's funny shit. That's that's ridiculous. It's terrible. Yeah. I had to uh, take my desktop into a friend of mine's house who lives in town just so I could download Fallout 4 for my wife. <laughs> like, I had to leave my wow. prized custom computer at this guy's house all day. Wow, that's, so, that's yeah, I'm on yeah that's phone. pretty much in the boonies. For sure. I mean, where I live is beautiful. I have a pond in my front yard, and I see deer all the time, and I can walk outside naked if I choose to, but I don't have trash pickup or internet or, like, <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. So, uh, anyways, what I was talking about with this... Uh, this um, uh, the petition. Blah, 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 the petition. Petition. Um, that thing. Yeah, apparently anything that has over like 100,000 signatures or some arbitrary number like that has to be mm-hmm. debated. Uh, so this most likely will actually come before their parliament and they will actually debate whether or not they should keep him out of England. <laughs> so it's like somebody that could be elected president may not be allowed to step foot in the home soil of one of our allies just because they they, you know america's got one of those things too uh whitehouse.gov you can start a petition and if it gets i think it's five hundred thousand signatures then they they have to take action or take a look at it but i i don't know of any time that's ever resulted in a law being passed or action being taken the the most i think anyone can ever hope for is a non-binding resolution which is congressional speak for like public masturbation (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome so the next so, thing mean, I, i'm sorry go ahead I, I, they might actually bring it up in parliament and that might be a time when i actually tune in to watch the house of lords or whatever it is over there but i don't think they, they'd ever actually ban him so um being that you're in michigan you're not in chicago um mm-hmm. have you heard anything about the shit that's going on in the city here with the, the yeah, with the uh, with the the shooting of that kid, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I think his name is uh, uh, McDonald. Yep. Um, that yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the one you mean. I I've been following it sort of loosely. So I guess they've been protesting in the city for the last mm-hmm. week or so. And Jesse and, Jackson, whole nine. Yeah. So yeah. So the whole the whole city is apparently going ape shit over this, and there was another video released of another person who was shot and killed um, like two days after the, the dash cam footage mm-hmm. of the McDonald kid getting shoot, getting shot. Um, but apparently they're not going to uh, bring charges against the police officer in that one because supposedly uh, the evidence shows that the kid had a gun at the time that he was shot, but it's basically the same scenario. 
kid gets out of, you know, kids running, fleeing from the police and police officer just fucking opens fire, you know, just empties a clip into his back. And I was reading yesterday that there are 13 other videotapes of police shooting people that the city of Chicago is not going to release. Right. That's the, the thing is, is that, well, about a couple points there that you brought up. The one thing is I didn't hear about these shooting before. I heard about the controversy about the McDonald one, what they're up in arms the most about right now is the fact that Kaufman, who's representing McDonald's mother, mm-hmm. actually saw the videotape. Right. Now, testimony, police testified that it was like at 1.45 a.m., what have you, and McDonald went running down the street, and he turned and pointed a dark item uh, at the officer, and the officer responded with shots, fearing for his life. And it turned out to be like an, like an iPod dock that he had stolen from the car he was joyriding in. Uh-huh. According to the lawyer, Kaufman, he's, he's, he saw the tape. He said, first off, it wasn't dark. It was brightly lit. Right. And second off, he didn't turn at all and point anything yeah. at the officers. This is, this is the second shooting, right? And this is, uh, this, well, the McDonald one, the specific okay. McDonald one. And, but 16 times. What's his name? So Kaufman is the name. No, of the, the, the kid that was shot. Uh, it's like Joaquin or I don't know. I don't know what the hell. You mean his first name? Yeah, his first name. I don't know his first name. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. You know, I get a little informed here. I'll actually look it up so we know what the fuck we're talking about. But that that I do know. I, re- I read that today mm. where they were comparing it from the Tribune on their site. They had it. And that's what they were most shocked about was because the courts initially said they weren't going to release that video. They said they were going to make it public and then chose not to. And then the lawyers saw it and the lawyers like, oh, wait till you have to. When it gets brought, you're going to have to see this in court. And there's no way that what was already testified is going to stand. There's no way. Well, what I heard was they, they uh, number one, I guess the entire city is like calling for the head of Rahm Emanuel. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't live in the city, so that doesn't really affect us at all. Um, but uh, apparently there's this vast cover up that, that took place. You know, they, they spent yeah. a year covering this shit up. Oh, yeah. Not just that. First off, there were 414 shootings from the 60s to the 90s that went unreported because of the police chief at the time. And what I mean by unreported, anytime there's a, a lawful shooting, it has to be investigated. You know, peop, it gets investigated so that they can uh, vet the officer and nothing, no harm, no foul. Out of 414, only 13 were ever vetted. Mm-hmm. With that, look at that ratio, right? Like, you mean to tell us that, you know, all those were, were justifiable or what have you? That were that? No, they were open and shut and never brought to light. And what they're finding is, is that uh, there's a specific... His name is Laquan. I don't know okay. where the fuck I got the other name from. Whatever. My apologies. <laughs> well, not whatever, but yeah, I got you. But uh, there's this organization that I forget the name of the board. It's like CACP or something that has to uh, review these findings, and they're calling them corrupt. Flat out calling them corrupt because yeah. their their higher ups are the ones who are supposed to bring that to light, and it's them who you know check with the cops whenever and do that. And uh, Kaufman, their lawyer, said, you know, this is clear biased. From past to now, and not just the McDonald case. Mm-hmm. He said he's seen, he's seen other videos right. where it was even vastly more outrageous than the one with McDonald against the claims they've said. But this is what happens when, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice. You know what I mean? Right. It, it goes on and on. And to him, it was like mass quantity alone tells you something's wrong. Right. Well, Paul, I want to know your perspective. You don't live in Chicago. It's you know, technically we don't live in Chicago either, but we live, you know, relatively close to it. What's the kind of outside perspective on what's going on here? Well, 
it seems to be just a uh, another symptom of the wider uh, trouble that exists in American police departments. I mean, this is not the first, second, or tenth such story we've heard in the last six months. Right. I mean, uh, uh, I... I am a generally liberal person, and though, so are a lot of my Facebook friends. And I see posts maybe every third day about a shooting I hadn't heard of where some cop just fired randomly at somebody who uh, was running away or wasn't complying or something like that. Um, so, it, I mean, it, it seems clear to me that uh, Rahm Emanuel, uh, mayor of Chicago, is t- to some level corrupt because he was trying as hard as he could to keep the lid on this. And only when uh, the details that uh, Bob mentioned and things surrounding it came to light, only when it became clear that he had no other choice did he release the video. And now, all of a sudden, you know, charges might be brought and people are calling. Uh, Didn't the attorney attorney general uh, make a statement like, we're going to be investigating this as a federal hate crime or something like that? There's a whole, there was a whole news article that I read the other day about how basically the federal government is coming in to investigate top to bottom the Chicago Police Department. The Justice Department wouldn't use the district attorney associated with, with the Chicago city, the city of Chicago, because of fear of corruption. Right. They, they're bringing in their own yeah. to come in and handle all the evidence just to, so it's fair and above board, if that tells you anything. I, I feel like For sure. there's, there is a certain degree of no shit when it comes to <laughs> what's going on here. Because if you know anything about the state of Illinois, and especially Chicago, the state of Illinois, uh, the record speaks for itself. I think like four out of five of our most recent governors have ended up in jail for, for you know this type of corruption or that type of corruption. So that mentality, that like kind of old school, you know, push it under the rug or, you know, how can we benefit from it? You know, that shit is pretty pretty standard practice now the other thing that that fucked with me and this this goes way back to when Rahm Emanuel left the White House to come and run for mayor of Chicago now what other what other what other mayor what what other seat in government would you leave a position in the White House you to go run for for a city for a city seat you wouldn't, well, unless, unless. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, a part of that is that uh, in order, it, it's to my mind a line towards his own run at the uh, the presidency. Because uh, if you don't have executive experience of one kind or another, it's hard to get uh, elected. Now uh, he was what was he like a press secretary or chief of staff or something like that in the Obama administration? I don't remember specifically, some, but some something like that. It, it was a staff position. It wasn't like a, a leadership position the same way that. Uh, you know, Bernie Sanders being head of the uh, Senate Armed Services Committee or Bill Clinton having been governor of Arkansas. It's it's good on a resume, but it's not good on like a presidential campaign. So it's true that it doesn't make a lot of sense to leave Washington for Chicago. But if you look at it from the perspective of an aspiring politician, um, th- there is a certain logic to it. In short power. Exactly. Right. That, that, that was that was my mentality in the situation. And, uh, you know, what you're saying it kind of uh, illuminates a little bit more perspective on it. But really, I, I've always kind of felt like, OK, so we had Mayor Daley, who was mayor for fucking forever, for I think over 20 years. Uh, you know, basically, if he was running, it was his position that it was an unlosable position. And, you know, just, he decided to retire. So. 
here's this guy. Boom. I'm, I'm, I've been here six days. I'm fucking out of here. I'm going to go run for mayor, you know, because what, what does that position bring? Right. You know, granted it's, it's, it probably was even a pay cut. What terrifies me? What did daily do? I have no idea. We we didn't (laughs) catch him. What did daily do? Right. 20 years. You couldn't be contested. Why was that? Right. And, and, and look at, look at the, the, the city of Chicago has had a, a Democrat mayor, I think with the exception of like a four year period since the 1800s, it's a Democrat city. Yeah. It is a Democrat, you know, political power structure. So, you know, clearly there had to have been some draw there <laughs> and, you know, for that mayor to go, ah, we're going to, we're going to. You know, basically, they've said there's no, there's no fucking way he didn't know about this, right? At all that there's he no way. Yeah. So it's crazy to me that you know this has gone on and now it's kind of being light being shed on it to such a degree that the, the federal government's like, yo, uh, what the fuck is going on? Right. We need to, we need to talk about this. Yeah, we need to have quick. some words. Um, maybe y'all are just uh, doing a little bit too much in there. So, and I think what it comes down to as well is that you have a you have a neighborhood that is does not to be fucked with, in the city of Chicago that's prone for violence. And can right. you imagine if that whole neighborhood, like I'm speaking of Inglewood, if you haven't been to Inglewood, Chicago, Chicago's neighborhood, mm-hmm. and we're not talking Inglewood with an I, Inglewood with an E, right? Uh, it's a notorious violent neighborhood for its own gang violence and what have you. I can only imagine what would happen if you had, and that's and that's the minority in that neighborhood, by the way. I can only imagine if you had everybody else around justifiably angry at the police and what type of war zone would develop from that and how far that would yeah. spread in the city. I mean, if you if you make it to where the police are just another gang mm-hmm. versus the other gangs, who do you think is going to win? Well, I, I feel like when they that that term Chirac, you know, that oh, yeah. that's that's been coined for for those neighborhoods. I feel like there's there's two meanings to that. Yes, there is a an exceptional amount of gun violence and an exceptional amount of death from shootings and gang violence and drug violence and all that. But what happens when you have an occupying force in a war zone? You know, the, the people that are there become resentful. And then as that occupying force stays there, there's that process that occurs where there's a dehumanization. Yeah. Where the people that you, the people that live in those neighborhoods that you're policing no longer have the same value as a normal person. One tribe is going to resent the other tribe's presence. Right. And the majority is going to rule. And there's going to be a point where they say, you don't do shit over us. Right. We'll take care of our own. And then they're going to say, yeah, I do. I got this badge. And I'm, I'm waiting for it. I've been waiting for it to where those poor officers that are going to be, and I do, I underline that poor officers are going to call for backup and backup's going to realize we ain't going to get there in time. Right. There's, there's no conceivable way. It hasn't happened yet. But I mean, you'd well, be that we idiot. know of, you know, <laughs> you'd be an idiot not to think this is going on because look at the police violence doesn't happen out of a hat. Right. They didn't hire a, a group of cult members to be cops who are just going around and saying, hey, he's black. Shoot him. Tomorrow is Mexican. You right. know, they're not. That's not the occasion. You know, I'm going to tell you right now. We'll say on the record. There have been more than justifiable uh, self-defense shootings. Uh, what do they call it? Yeah, justified shootings that have been happening with police officers, probably more common than not. But the fact is, yeah. is when it's uncommon and nothing gets done and they pile up and they become acceptable. Right. You. Wow. You know, and that's and that's the problem, because then we stop trusting the police, which means what authority does the government have at that point, short of the National Guard? Right. And I don't disagree with you. I, I feel like, um, you know, there the only way that we would find out about something like this is when 
that behavior becomes so acceptable that it's commonplace. Right. You know, if it had been one isolated incident, it wouldn't have been a year later because of a Freedom of Information Act request that that was released. Right. You know, when someone jumps out of their car and just unloads and the other cops are like, whoa, dude. Right. (laughs) And you know that happened. You know for a fucking fact that happened. That dude's partner was like, what the hell are you doing? Right. You know, and, you know, they, they band together. And I've heard that said fraternal order of police and it's yeah yeah it's it's there i'm not gonna say it's not they gotta have each other's back that kind of goes with the shield but to cover up to lie that's where the line has to be drawn now uh having said all that obviously it's a fucking bad thing that cops shoot unarmed people and i fully support people's right to protest now one thing that i've seen uh with some of these protests and I'm not going to say that it's the the regular. I'm not going to say that it's everyone's doing this. But when the protests first started, the one thing that really got under my skin that really bugged the shit out of me was protesters basically talking shit to the police, like telling them, you know, you ain't shit. Come on, fucking do something. Uh, you know, to me, I understand protesting the police. It is to me it's 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 a systematic issue. There's a cancer mm-hmm. that needs to be cleansed. But getting into a cop's face and, you know, telling him he's not shit and, you know, trying to antagonize that, I don't feel that that solves anything. Oh, well, just cuz you're protesting doesn't mean the protesters don't have the right to be shitheads. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so they're looking for a paycheck. Now we're on camera with tons of witnesses do something. I want to get right. paid. Right. That's it's, what that is. That's that's the one thing that that bothers me. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with them. I don't necessarily agree with them. You know, I don't want to get too deep into that because, you know, it's it's your personal opinion. You know, uh, and, I think it's wrong that that officer shot McDonald, but it ends there. It's between those two, and it, well, actually, it's between that officer and his mother and father. Right. That's who's between. You know, those those who survived by that incident. That's a tragedy. Right. It's a tragedy. Right. To protest, yes, bring to light justice, yes. Do it do it peaceably. But when you start with a random cop and you're a random dude right. talking shit, trying to make it a racial thing or what have you. And this is the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm going to step into because sometimes it's not brought up. I'm going to say it. Yep. Just because a black kid was shot and it was a white cop doesn't mean it was a racial shooting. No, I, I, I you know. can't, you know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't mean it wasn't, but it doesn't mean that it yeah. was. If he, if he jumps up and says, oh yeah, yeah, well, you know, I've, I've, I've been, I've always hated black people. I just had an opportunity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel we're far enough in this day and age to where if it is somebody, I think it's more truthful that he was afraid Yeah. more than anything else because it's the sheer number of, it's 16 shots. Right. You know, this, it was like 14 or 16. I want to say it was 16. Well, that, that was shot. We, we don't know what the fuck was going through his head. He's keyed up. He leapt right. out of a cruiser and just started shooting. Do, here's here's the here's the line that I'll skate as far as the the racism is concerned. Do I think he shot him specifically because he was black and he hates black people? No. Do I think that incidentally he's in a black neighborhood of a high crime rate and that's who lives there? And so it's that sort of systematic racism as as a, opposed to overt racism. I think it's incidental racism. I certainly do. Only because, like I said, white cop, black neighborhood, high crime rate, black kids going to get shot. For being in a place, a whole entire town that, that feared, you know, didn't know mm-hmm. black culture, what have you, any more than anybody on the, on his mics would know 100%. You know, I mean, that's 
you know, it's me included. I haven't lived inner city. I haven't lived in a bad right. neighborhood. I wouldn't know what that's like. I, I visit, I've lived there a summer. I have relatives. And what I could tell you is, is that, yeah, they, they are more violent. They are more prone to do something than not. But that doesn't give you the right to ignore the law. Right, no, precisely. That, that's what it is 100%. But do I think if that was a black cop who jumped down and shot him 16 times, you can't? I, I think that's just <laughs> as justifiable. Yeah. In fact, one might say that might even be more apt, more likely, especially if he thinks something's going down. You know what I mean? That's what it comes down. That's what I'm saying. I can right. take the color out of the issue right. and just put any man or a woman who's new, wet behind the ears or what have you, that's in that situation. I don't know if that cop's new or not. He might be a vet. Who, I don't, who I knows? don't think he was. Who knows? I think he was. Right. Uh, I think I read that he was at least not a rookie. It wasn't like his first couple of years. He'd been on for some time. But it might have been, you know, it might have been his first dance. This is this isn't me cutting him loose. Anything. It's right. me getting off the racism kick. It's it's one of the easiest things to bring up in this world to bring up a lot of sore topics, and I think it gets you nowhere. I think it's spinning wheels. You can't defeat racism by an incident. Yeah. By protesting an incident, it's not going to work. You can address overt violence, excessive force. You can address uh, better training. You can address the fact that I don't know. Maybe in a situation where you you didn't do a crime. You don't create a situation where you're more likely to get hurt. Right. That's that's the other shit. You, you know, crisis fucking management. You know that 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 I think is a primary thing that needs to be addressed. Is that this shit does happen because you have people who are just fucking people. Yeah, and you put them into situations where their lives, very matter of factly, will be in jeopardy at some point during their career, and. You put them through these high-speed, high-intensity, adrenaline-pumping scenarios, and like any normal human being who is not equipped to deal with that, bad shit's going to happen. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get beat up. Someone's going to get killed. And I think that's important that we stop training our fucking police officers like they're the military. They're not there to shoot first and ask questions later. You know, someone presenting a gun is not warrant to just murder the fuck out of them it is it is one of the things like excessive force well, well you're supposed to match force with force so if they see a gun okay you could draw your weapon because it's unpredictable you know what they're going to do for it if you don't you're not supposed to at all right you know it's one of those things you got to match what you see right now that's the thing i'm more interested in is i want to hear his testimony as to what went through his head and everything else and base that against the evidence you know what i mean yeah and, and just to see the fallout, because I think that's the only defense his attorney can have, is right. to point out the fact that he's a human being. This is a guy who was in this scenario. This is what he thought was going on. And look at the evidence, and, you know, we sure are sorry. But, you know, what, what can he do? Right. Paul, what do you think? Well, I think it's correct that uh, you put people into life-threatening situations. They're going to react in unpredictable and often unfortunate ways. I mean, anybody that's ever been in a fight, uh, just a, like a verbal argument knows that they say and do shit that they later realize they probably shouldn't have. And you put guns and uh, high-speed uh, driving and stuff like that into the mix, it's just going to get more and more dangerous. Uh, speaking to the, uh, you guys were talking about protests a minute ago. Uh, I wrote something about this about a year ago and posted it on the blog that I abortively kept. Uh, <laughs> It was really good for about six weeks. But anyway, um, something that uh, these protests in Chicago that you're referring to and the protests in Ferguson that were about a similar topic, uh, the, the reason I think these protests never really accomplish anything is because they're not asking for anything. 
they don't have a uh, a goal in mind. They're just pissed and scared, and they have every right to be, and they have every right to express those feelings. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't, but something that uh, I think uh, labor actions and, uh, for example, the Arab Spring had in common that resulted in them being successful was they had something specific that they wanted. Uh, during the, uh, for example, the sit-down strike that happened in Flint, Michigan, which is the town where I'm from, uh, it happened in like the 40s. A bunch of people at General Motors just sat on the line, the uh, the assembly line, for like three weeks until the management agreed to uh, compromise with them. And the people in Egypt and I think it was Tunisia during uh, the spring of 2011, or maybe, no, it was 2011, uh, they had, you know, we want Mubarak out of power. We want democracy. Whereas in Ferguson and in Chicago right now, it's just a bunch of people who have a legitimate complaint out yelling about it. Uh, if these folks were saying, we are going to continue to block highway traffic until the city mandates uh, body cameras for every officer, or we are going to continue to disrupt commerce uh, until the uh, city of Chicago agrees to uh, racial training or something for all of its officers. That might have a greater chance of success or at least some positive outcome. But right now, all uh, they're doing is yelling and giving uh, mouthpieces like Rush Limbaugh and Donald Trump an excuse to say, look, unruly black folks who don't want, seem to want anything. <laughs> and and it, it, it doesn't really accomplish much. And this is the same thing that bothered me about the Occupy Wall Street movement, was they deliberately didn't have any goals. Like, okay, the, the, the populace is going to ignore you until you go away, and that is exactly what happened. I think, I agree with you to that, you know, just looking up, you know, right now while you're talking, I was just checking out, you know, the point of it, and it's too general. What they want is too generalized. They want anti-violence yeah, from, the, they want anti-violence from the government. Right. They literally yeah, were protesting. Two hundred people were protesting in front of Obama's house uh, regarding uh, that they want no more wars. That's that's what they're <laughs> yeah, protesting. That's not a realistic goal. I mean, there's always going to be war, and the governments are actually in the business of violence. If you think about it, all authority stems from either violence or the threat of imprisonment. Right. That's the only two things that an, an authoritative body can do. They can kill you or they can put you away, and that is it. So eventually, uh, everything the government asks you to do uh, comes down to one of those two things. So uh, protesting for uh, a nonviolent government is like protesting for dry water. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a point I can't really argue. I mean, that, that right there, you can... <laughs> no, just just uh, you're, 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 you're doing a lot of this. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a, that's a point that I would... Uh, I, I can't argue because I really understand that um, you know, death and taxes. Those are the two things that the government can promise you uh, if you're if you're not a happy citizen. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> now uh, we've we've talked about a lot of serious shit in the last forty five minutes, and someone went. I don't know if it was me that did this or if it was you or what. But uh, for for you, Paul, you're you're kind of uninitiated here, and obviously the listeners, why would they give a shit? But I'm going to talk about it anyways. Um, we usually keep like a little log of stuff that we want to talk about. You know, it's just a little little bullet point type of thing. And and you know, we talked about Donald Trump and what a Donald Trump he is, and we talked about the Chicago police and you know the California shooting and all that. But someone went on here and 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 put other kin. 
I, I did. <laughs> I did. I sure as shit did. Do you, uh, Paul, do you, do you know what, what an other kin is? Uh, I don't believe I do. Paul can be my friend still. <laughs> All right. Well, so how do I, how do I explain this? You know what I'll do? I'll, uh, instead of being overly dramatic about it, I'll just do what I did last night and I'll look it up and I'll, I'll describe to you what an other kin is because I didn't know what it was either. And now I do. And it hurts my soul. It hurts my fucking soul. I couldn't believe it. And in terms of overly dramatic, there can't be enough done about this. I, this concept is so. All right. So, um, are you familiar with Tumblr at all? Uh, yeah, I hate it. But okay, and, and and good as you should. Otherkin are people who identify as partially. Oh, oh geez, are who I identify as partially or entirely non-human. Some say that they are in spirit, if not body, not human. This is explained by some members of the Otherkin community as possible through reincarnation, having a non-human soul, ancestry, or symbolic metaphor. Some scholars categorize this identity claim as, quote, religious because it is largely based on supernatural beliefs. Adherents uh, more typically deny the relig- religiosity, religiosity uh, mm-hmm. of other kinism, referring to it instead as simply a congenital condition or a state of being. <laughs> some, they really think that at some point their ancestors got busy with a horse? Uh, some of uh, them may. <laughs> other can largely identify as mythical creatures with others identifying as creatures from fantasy or popular culture. Examples include angels, demons, dragons, elves, fairies, sprites, aliens, and cartoon characters. Many, oh, other, many other kin believe in the existence of a multitude of parallel alternative universes, which would explain the existence and the possibility to relate to fantastical beings and fictional creatures. So these these are people, these are legitimate people for the most part. I just want to make sure I heard that right because I didn't hear it when you read it the first time. Mm-hmm. They believe their other kin, their their other spiritual self exists in an alternate universe. They could. I'm a, they they, they oh, definitely okay. could. They I, definitely I, I, could. I don't want to interrupt. Please. Um, well, uh, but that's basically what that is. So like an other kin would be like, oh, I uh, this is the example that I used yesterday. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I don't move around a lot because I'm pandakin. <laughs> and some of these I, people, uh, go ahead. I, 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 uh, I'm on Imgur pretty often, and I saw a post uh, a couple of weeks ago about a girl who's claiming to be squirrelkin, and she only eats nuts. I, <laughs> I thought that was a whore. <laughs> She's a vegetarian, but, yeah, I, but she only I, eats uh, nuts. I'm at least vaguely familiar with the concept, and I think it's a sort of a symptom of the extreme acceptance that exists on Tumblr. Like, there's uh, on Tumblr, you can say literally anything, and you will find people that will tell you it's just perfect. No, and if someone contradicts you, they will be like doxed within 24 hours. I just don't fucking get it. Like, I want to say something poignant about this, right? Like. Where is the fucking end? Where where's the limit? Like, where does acceptance of wacky fucking beliefs? Where does it end? I don't know how. If you express it, you feel that you're this other. You don't get put in a in a home. Like someone doesn't bring you in well, for a psyche valve. I mean, it, it's ridiculous the level of 
So I'm not saying that you have to get away forever, but at least go sit in front of a a, a PhD and tell them directly who's get sorted out. Sort yourself out. Sort it out. That's all I'm saying. Get sorted. You, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. You, I mean, do you feel like Wolfkin? You know, you like to walk around and piss on things and claim they're yours, and you feel like occasionally... here's here's what's fucked up about it. This isn't new. This is like the no. the, the term otherkin. It didn't come around like in two thousand and five. It's been around since nineteen ninety. So since the internet, yeah, yeah pretty it, much. I I wouldn't be surprised to learn it's even older than that. I mean, I have known two people that I can think of, and I'd like to be clear that these are two of the perhaps least intelligent people I've ever known, who claim to have a kinship with wolves. Not, uh, they didn't go so far as to say you know I'm descended from wolves or anything like that, but they would talk a lot about how much how, how like wolves they are and these are definitely the sort of people that have those dramatic t-shirts with the wolves looking in different directions and shit like three wolf moon exactly yes um three wolves looking at a moon it's three wolf yeah moon. you know well so here's it here let me let me interrupt you real quick because uh i can yeah, agree yeah. with you i think that like our subculture you know for those who for whatever reason have never listened to any of our podcasts before <laughs> Uh, we're gamers, and our, our like for me and Bob, our primary gaming community is the White Wolf gaming community. It's uh, vampires, werewolves, fairies, all of these things that are in this weird fucking other kin subculture. Uh, we personally, uh, clearly, not remotely believe in this sort of other kin at all belief system. Now, I I have to interject. Mm-hmm. I was accused by two human beings. I used that the time I ran for like what is it five years that big like hundred plus person game. Yeah, I was accused of actually being a vampire because they only saw me at night. Well, and I said like literally straight up called me. But the kid who said it, his name was Nasverati Olbald. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I want to point this out. Who walked around in a dramatic vampire cape and claimed to be a psychic vampire. He, I, the, and and I, you might yeah, think... Yeah, I've known people like that, too. You, you might... You know, the average listener might think this is bullshit. I assure you it is not. I was yeah. cornered by this this fella, and he professed the same uh, personal belief to me as he did to Bob. That and, and, and he prefaced it with, I have some books at my house. You should come by and read them. And I was Whoa. like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not going to happen, probably. Probably not going to read you your, you think you're a vampire uh, books. Uh, this, uh, the vampire thing, and I have known people, and I will shamefacedly admit to pretending to this myself when I was a freshman in high school, uh, who, who did the vampire thing. And the vampire thing and the squirrelkin thing and the, the, the twin soul thing, I think it's really all stems from a desire to feel special. Uh, my, uh, one of my, uh, friends from, uh, my hometown who was probably the most sarcastic and disdainful person I know to people like this. Uh, but he said, uh, goth kids found out they couldn't be superheroes and decided to be vampires instead. (laughs) And that is 100% exactly what happened to me when I was a freshman in high school. And I feel like these, the squirrelkin kids are doing the same thing that I and probably a number of other kids did, um, just wanting to feel special. And on Tumblr, you can get away with saying, I feel like I'm part chimpanzee. And people will tell you how special that is. So it's, 
honestly, this is something I think about a lot. Uh, it, it comes down to the desire, the social drive of humans to be closer to other people. If you're not, if your family doesn't understand you and you don't have very many friends at school, but you can say this thing online that'll get you a community of people who claim to understand you, you will go for it. Yeah, I think a lot of this results from an intense degree of social awkwardness. And oh, for sure. I know where it comes from. <laughs> Please. Hank Pym. <laughs> it comes from Ant-Man. I think about it. I sat here and wondered why I hated him so much. And he's other kin. He is he's he's he is, he is aunt kin. Well, you know what? The the fucked up thing about it is you could actually literally identify yourself as Hank Pym and in this culture we would accept that you were Hank Pym. You could be Hank Pym, Aunt Kin, cisgendered Bob. But but I, I want to meet this Hank Pimkin because I'm actually going to step on them repeatedly. And I'm going to say not dead yet. I'm going to keep doing it and go up still not dead. It's going to take me a long time to step on you until you die. Meanwhile, I can step on a normal ant and it's gone. Okay, it is a fucking gone. And th- th- this but, is what bothers me. Like, I get wanting to feel special on the real. Right. I get it. You know, the, the whole guy thing or whatever, that's part and parcel to playing something that's personal horror. That's a game. You're going to encounter that, right. right? But there's always been a line. Right. And that line was, if you have to get up during the day yeah. and go to work, right? probably well, not a vampire. I, to me, I, I always <laughs> wonder, like, where where do you draw the line sanity-wise between, like, what happens to you where you go, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm a vampire. Or, you know what? I'm, I'm part horse. Like, I, I just, I can't comprehend it, right? And, and then, <laughs> then I wonder, I wonder because, you know, it brings up this whole concept of uh, accepting, you know, people as they identify. And I go, is there a level of ignorance to me? Because I don't just go, ah, that's what they do, fuck them. You know, like, I, I just accept it, cool, pass it on. But it's not even that I don't accept it. It's that it literally causes me mental disdain to to be brainy i totally mm-hmm. i totally get that i uh i dated somebody who identified as uh non-gendered did not think of themselves as either male or female and Shame i struggled with that a lot like this person definitely had fe- uh, secondary sexual characteristics of being female and enjoyed female related sexual things but got upset if you referred to them as her and i'm still brainwashed by calling jesse them but they even had a ambiguous name, right? And you know the funny part is, is uh, Jesse was pregnant for a while while I was dating, while we were dating, and so technically for a little while it was true because there were two people in that chair. But <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to point out if we analyze a little bit, sociology teaches us Maslow in psychology Maslow's hierarchy of needs. One mm-hmm. of them is, is that farther down the block, as they say, is social identity that you need to feel wanted in a social group. And that's why yeah. it's human nature for human beings to point out differences in other groups so that you get in where you feel more comfortable, where you can excel socially. And that's that's great. But maybe this is a sign that we need to start eating ourselves <laughs> as a society when other kin exist, that we need to get rid of with the weird. Like, there's too much weird. There's always been a lot of weird. I mean, 
there's other kin. There are religious cults who give away their possessions and live in tents and are upset when the apocalypse doesn't come at the end of that but year. But Paul, wasn't drugs enough? <laughs> like if you if you do ecstasy or pop molly, you know, is the same thing. Or if you decide to get yeah. a, to, you know, whatever whatever your trick is, to you be, know, to to, inter to interject you. real quick, I have never had the experience to pop molly. But that's I'm just fair actually. Yeah. I, I have. It's, it's a fun way to spend an evening if you don't care about your life. Right. Or, uh, or let's get to hallucinogens, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to take shrooms, you want to take acid, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, DMT, which we, we know that would be, in, I would love to. But, you know, the fact is, is that be as weird as you like. Take those and call yourself other kin. You pass. You get a pass. if Because you're not in the right mind. I, I will allow... I will I will personally accept anyone like if someone said to me I'm I'm foxkin and then they jammed a dildo up their butt so that they had a fox tail <laughs> I would I would say all right that's dedication Well you're willing to yeah. sell it you can piss in your own cave I don't give a shit go right ahead <laughs> But other than that I I just you know I I don't I can't tolerate that like there's a level of I will accept you for who you are. If you if you are a man, you feel you were born with a the mind of a woman in your body. I can I can accept that. I can. These are things that can occur, uh, you know, genetically. I told you about my brony incident, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I feel like I want you to. I'm at work Black Friday, and this guy randomly he's just up there. He's asking about the. I'm in a sea of people in the Xbox section, you know, and I'm I'm sitting down, you know. Injury aside, I'm trying to, you know, just do my part, help out the team. And this this guy walks over and he's like, Hey man, you got anything for a brony? And I knew what he was talking about. Not even about. a fucking handshake. And That's I, what I exactly. Had. And I and I knew what he was talking about, and I sat there, just stared at him. And he was like, you know, a brony, like my little pony. I was like, No. He's like, What do you mean no? I was like, We have stuff for customers, but not for bronies. And he's like, What do you mean? And I was like, You we don't we don't support uh classism or identifying with a specific any group race or creed when you're in here you could choose a game that any normal man or woman would like to play that's fine and i have all the time to work for you, you want to come in here and ask me what a brony wants there's the door you need to go to the brony store where you can get a bit and bridle and die yourself to be whatever you fruit i feel like that there are people in the world that i've never met that have great secrets that they keep for themselves so that they can laugh alone and i feel like those people are the people that created bronies. Like these are the most immense skilled trolls ever because they're like, all right, what, what can I make? That's so fucking ridiculous. And I'll just get on here and I'll just identify as this. And you know, they stopped. Right. And, and, and they did it, but other people latched on and they were like, yeah, I, I like my little pony. The greatest troll in the world is all Ron Hubbard. Yep. I think, I think he was absolutely true. I, I mean, there's no question in any sane, rational person's mind that that man was on a level of genius, but also the most full of shit yeah. that anyone could be. But the but the point I'm making here is that he trolled and he saw what he did. And there's a point where you have to step back and just take the advantage of what you did. But I think he felt shittier than an actual cult leader. <laughs> I think he felt so crappy because so many, you know, like, great, he's getting rich. But, oh, right. man, what did I do? And then you have people like, you know, trolls who go, Brony, great idea. Oh, this is funny. No one will believe it. And thousands bought into it. Yeah. <laughs> this poor bastard. Like, I can't imagine that level of guilt. This is why I troll minorly. 
<laughs> Minor trolling. The yep. only the only time I troll is if like I see something on Facebook, because uh, really that's the only place I spend on the internet anymore. Because you know I'm halfway to fucking forty. I don't really give a shit. But if I see something on on Facebook that's so incredibly dumb, I, I there is that like tendency in me still. I think like tr- trolling is clearly a young man's game. Mm-hmm. You have to yep. be dedicated to fucking with people and spend an inordinate amount of energy to fuck with people to get a reaction you can't be introspective and troll no you got to blindly troll right because if you're introspective you spend more time trying to undo the damage that is done (laughs) right right you're like oh no 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 no, no. you're going too far you're going come back i was fucking with you i was was messing with you stop 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 and they just keep going keep going the only time i ever uh deliberately trolled was for about six months uh last year they, uh, the college I went to had a Facebook page that was called Ferris Crushes, and people could anonymously post their crushes, and people could like anonymously post their own names, so people would think they were popular and shit. But they'd say things like, uh, you know, a random ex-girl, how could I ever get you to date me? And I'd post things like, have you considered, I don't know, talking to her? And... <laughs> This went on for like six months, and people would try and uh, say shit back. Like, oh yeah, this guy never gets laid. And this is back when I was polyamorous and had like three different partners and two on the hook. And so I never uh, responded to those things because I felt that as a troll, it was my duty to like come in, drop my pile of shit, and move on to the next thing. Yeah, you. That's t- that's how you got a troll. You can't and, have and, a heart and, and be a troll. The the. the uh, my other mindset on the subject of trolling is you don't feed the troll. Like, if I detect a troll on something I have posted, I don't even acknowledge that person's existence. But as a troll, I couldn't um, acknowledge it when other people tried to troll me. It's like I existed in my own world of hate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, it brings me to my next point. Is, is it... Is otherkinism just a very detailed joke is it like are there people that no and you know i I it's not even stop the point i've met people all right so you remember the the cosplay right yeah how they have conventions for it yeah i went to one that windy city con that they had out here Uh a big old cosplay thing and you go out there and talk to people who really identify with different animals there was a whole room for them and then they were like oh we're just called furries yeah yeah i know about that reading other kin yeah, that's no, different. those those were. Those, I want to say it was different. The yeah. people I talked to were like, "Bro, I'm a fox." <laughs> like he's wearing the fox outfit, has the fox hood on the side, you know, because he took it off so he could breathe. But he's like, "I'm really a fox, man, <laughs> trapped in a man's body." You know, I I do also, and, and you know, they would try to start talking to me, but I would laugh because I was like, <laughs> "You're trying to be funny," and you know, I'm this big dude, you know, so this guy probably would have got mad at anybody else, but was like, "I'm just not going to finish my point." You know, and you're around a whole bunch of them and you're trying to be cool. And I was trying to fit in because I was like, well, I'm into, you know, the whole vampire goth stuff because of the game stuff, but I'm normal. I, I didn't get gothed out. I just, you know, hung out. And so I'm like, ah, oh, what are some of the other beliefs and opinions of other people? And as you go around, it's, you don't think that there's people in the anime too. And now I'm going back in my brain going, I wonder how many people thought they were a Kirikin. <laughs> I, I yeah I don't know I mean I've I've done all kinds of weird fantasy shit ever since I was a kid and never in the entire time 
did I have a crisis of identity where I thought I was something different than I actually was? And I, I wonder, is it that we're just too old that like our, our life has not been a life of all internet? Lightning just struck yeah. my brain. That dude who shut up the theater dressed like the Joker. Joker can. Mm. <laughs> Joker can. He, he didn't seem to know uh, where he was fucking half the time. Um, That's a Joker thing to do. He was looking to go back to Arkham. We ain't taken to Arkham. We took his ass to jail. I just <laughs> okay. do things. Right. See, Paul knows. But Paul's not kin at all. I'm just pointing no, this out. No. I'm just defending that. Just he knows where I'm talking about. Right. I don't know. It's it's the world is a weird place and it keeps getting weirder. So I was thinking about um doing this podcast. Obviously this is the first one and it's, you know, just chit chat and whatnot. But I was thinking about including some like regular um features, you know, like yeah. shit like um I was thinking about doing like the weirdest shit that's happened in Florida this week. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's a must. The, you know, some something like the dumbest headlines, you know, mm-hmm. like um, so we're going to, what's I, Fox news think right. that has to be one. <laughs> That's gotta be one. It's right. Perfect. And, and also see, cause I, I feel like, like most normal people, my political affiliations are not on either end of the spectrum. They're somewhere sort of in between, you know, I, I don't view things in a black and white perspective on either end of the, of the spectrum. You can't live in a cosmopolitan and have a favorite flavor. Right. Uh, and I, I feel like the, the wackiest fucking, like left-wing democratic shit and also the wackiest right-wing republican shit i feel like we should talk about that like all week we should just you know take little notes and uh um you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll get some videos we'll bootleg some videos can, can we have a section that's, that, that says bob is this racism question mark <laughs> i want that segment is it racist yeah i want that segment i definitely want it mark it dude is this racist (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm writing it down (laughs) sweet (laughs) yeah so uh, you know we'll get some we'll get some sound bites and shit and throw them in there and this will be cool give us a couple of episodes and this will be really fucking cool hell yeah hell yeah i think it's pretty cool now Uh, i think it's cool pause on skype i i actually think that that's the coolest part about this what was that paul I said Paul is on Skype. I don't usually do this. Only for you, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate it. It's it's uh, it's pretty fucking cool. Like I said, like Bob was saying earlier, I don't know if I was recording then, but uh, we have a, like a bunch of friends that we've tried to like, you know, hey, you don't even have to come over. You can just get on Skype. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then they don't. Nate's, Nate's invested in Buku money, training, time. I, I invested in him. I believe in him. And I think, Paul, I just you, you have no idea how, how cool it is to know that you were like, yeah, I'm interested and here's what I'm doing. Yeah. And you I know, actually, your time's important and you're a dad. You're holding your newborn right now. We cutely heard him a couple times. I actually feel, uh, I feel a little uh, necessary for me to apologize because I wanted to have you on before. It's just that, you know, shit, time didn't work out. The holiday came and... We oh, it's like totally fine. My work schedule is odd as fuck. Like I can do this next Friday, but the one after I can't get with you. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I think I think from now on we're probably going to be. I don't see why not Friday or Sunday. Yeah. The schedule I think is going to be for this is once a week. Yeah. Um, we're going to put out this once a week. We need time for the categories to fill. Right, and then yeah. Um, for the nerd words, we're going to still do that one, but I think we're going to do it twice a month because that too, like we get we get kind of detailed with that shit and. Um, you know, we were doing them twice a week 
which there's gets, 28 and 29. Like, we're we're on 29. There's 29 of them up. <laughs> so we did 29 in less than three months. And it's not that you can't do more nerd words, but there's a point where you're literally only going to hit people who know that topic. Right. You know, For sure. Yeah. After a while, you get so deep into it that it's like people who have read all of the cam guides and the clan books. It's like, oh, yeah, I know what he's talking about. But everyone else is like, what the fuck are Nakutu? Right. <laughs> and well, see, no. that that's going to happen now. What the, right, right now. Right now. Right now. So, um, I don't know. I think I think it was an hour and a half. I think it's pretty good, yeah? Yeah, actually, we were over it. I think we were trying to make this an hour, wasn't it? Yeah. Was yeah, I mean, there's no real, you know, it is what it is. You know, if we got more shit to talk about, we got more shit to talk about, and that's cool. We'll let you be the guiding light, man. When it starts getting dry, you let me and Paul know, you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a good show, and, you know, we covered a lot of shit, and I was entertained. I, I was, too. And uh, Indeed. we're not going to fuck Hank Pym or anything like no, that. No, not at all. No, 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 no nothing no. like that on this show. We'll we'll it's come up with fun. some of our own new, you know. I just brought him up once because lightning hit. I think there was a tie-in. Right. That's well, a- and you know, Hank Pym, that's that's just kind of like, you know, that's just general pop culture, you know. It's got to be a nerd words thing. Can't, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't, I don't want to steal flavor from my own ice cream. I don't know where I was going. I got to separate I, the brand. I can right. say I'm Bob Batten and I'm right-handed. I am Nathan, and I am left-handed. And there you go. That's <laughs> every you could do that. All right. And Paul is ambidextrous. That's what <laughs> actually no, no. I'm left-handed. My right hand's my stupid hand. Wow, interesting. <laughs> interesting that there are two left-handed people on this uh, podcast. Huh? A little outnumbered. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm going to try to put this up tomorrow. So Saturday, the twelfth. Cool. This should be up, and hopefully, once a week, we'll have a new one. Bam. All right. Well, without further ado, peace out. Until <laughs> next week. Goodbye, Paul. May you and your son have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>